but we have missed you, and it's good to see you all again. It's good to be back. So, um, yeah, we'll be in the South Florida region for a couple months. Um, we'll get right into the discussion, and it should be around 8. I should aim to end. Is that right? Okay, I always go over, so we'll see. Hopefully we can end it on time um, and then continue next Wednesday, Lord willing. If I were to pass out a test to you, dear saints, tonight and ask you on this test what you would be tested on, if I were to pass out a test on the ministries of the Lord Jesus, do you feel you would do well on that test? Raise your hand if you feel you would do okay. Right? The ministries of the Lord Jesus. All right? Now, there's another test I might pass out. I don't have any tests. Don't worry. I'm just being hypothetical here. The second test would be the ministries of the Holy Spirit. How many of you feel you would do well on that test? Okay, well, we don't have too much confidence about either test. That's okay. Let me ask it in a different way. How many of you would want the first test on the ministry of the Lord Jesus rather than the second test on the ministries of the Holy Spirit? How many of you would want the first test? Right? How many of you would prefer the second test? It's about the same. That's a surprise to me. Uh, what, what I have personally found in our travels and in the assemblies is that the saints are very strong in the life of the Lord Jesus in explaining his life through the scriptures, expounding upon it through the word, showing even to the Old Testament the coming of the Lord Jesus and all these wonderful things that the Lord God has done. But we get a little bit afraid sometimes when the topic comes turned to the Holy Spirit. I was in a room of dear brothers and sisters. Um, I would say they are, they are otherwise, except for maybe just this one topic, very confident and aptly so in many topics of the scriptures. And I asked how many of you are very confident that you could explain the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And only one hand went up in that room. And that was an elder. I think this is something we have to look at. Now, I don't want to accuse you, dear saints, of anything. But at the same time... I have perceived a weakness across the assemblies in being knowledgeable and mindful and even thankful of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us and being awakened to these things and, and realizing that it is there, knowing what the scriptures say about it and how that affects us in everything that we do. So what we will be doing is we'll be going through the chapters of John 14, 15, and 16 over the next few discussions, and this, these will be discussions, and we're going to discuss these things. And I want to encourage you that there's much more for us to continue to explore in our God and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Sometimes in the assemblies, we tend to shy away from some of the more supernatural side of the spiritual things. For instance, healings. <clears throat> Now, that's not to say that I believe um, a person today has necessarily the gift. That's not to say that at all. But rather, we don't talk about these things very often. One good reason is they're rare. They're rare. But nonetheless, like the Holy Spirit, these things are of God. And we shouldn't be shy about speaking about them and proclaiming the goodness of what the Lord has done. And part of what I want to open with tonight is a little short update. You know, in the final chapters of James, the Lord talks about those who are sick. When I was here, I believe it was last time and also the time before, I was becoming increasingly more and more sick. I was becoming more and more sick, but you couldn't notice it unless I told you about it. 
It was a sick that I was noticing the symptoms internally and the symptoms were beginning to multiply and stack and it was looking more and more and more like I had cancer. In fact, late stage cancer started to look like. I remember being down here giving my testimony to you, dear saints, and and uh, many of you being encouraged and also giving other messages. And, and that's part of the gift the Lord has given me graciously is exhortation. I feel that I'm in my purpose when I'm encouraging the body. And the last thing I want to do is discourage anybody. And so I don't want to go around saying, you know, I think I might have cancer, you know. And so that wasn't very good. I should have given you prayer requests, right? Well, tonight I'm here to tell you the other side of it, the glory of what the Lord has done. When I was last here, I was showing almost every single symptom of late stage cancer. And we didn't know what to do. When we went back to Omaha, the saints at the local assembly were praying for me and I began to look into getting um, getting examined for this and, and I needed to really go and, and have a colonoscopy done. And that whole colonoscopy thing and colon cancer runs in the history of my father's father and my mother's father. Um, my mother's father died of colon cancer. And my father actually had um, some precancerous polyps as well. So this ran in the family. And I was showing le- signs of late stage cancer. And in the assemblies, we didn't know how to deal with it except to pray. Except to pray, which is a wonderful thing to do. It's a wonderful thing to do. But in James, it actually tells the church, is anyone among you sick? This is chapter chapter 5 of James. I'm only going to be here briefly. Chapter 5 of James, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So I was I was getting worse and worse in my sickness and didn't know what to do. And we were waiting for me. To, I didn't have insurance. I was trying to save up the money to pay for a procedure to get screened to see if I had the late stage cancer. What we ended up doing was we got called to a prayer meeting where some dear saints we know that go to other churches in Omaha other than assemblies were there. And one of them said, uh, you've had people anoint you with oil, right? I said, no, no. Right now, so I'm not going to say some assemblies don't do this. I'm sure some do, but but it wasn't something we, we were very familiar with, and so no one had done it. It's only because we weren't very familiar with this scripture. And the saints at that meeting, that prayer gathering, said, "Well, why don't we anoint you with oil and pray right now?" And I said, "Well, are there any elders here?" And they said, "Well, there's no church leaders at this meeting, but that's the oldest guy." So, and I said, "Well, I know him. He's a dear brother, and he's always evangelizing." And he has a heart for winning Muslims to Christ. I said, let him, I said, far be it from me to say, no, I'm desperate. I need it. I need it. And so what ended up happening was they sat me down and then we gathered and the gathering was actually to pray for the local Muslims the Lord had brought to Omaha. That's what the point of the prayer was. They split the meeting up. The sisters were praying and the brothers went to pray. And then they sat me down. And as we prayed for the local Muslims, for the Lord to save them, that older brother came with a flask of oil. He anointed me on my head with oil and on my forehead. And he prayed over me, just like it says, according to the scriptures. And while he prayed, I felt something so subtle in my body. That I said, I don't think I felt something. And to myself, I thought, oh, I don't think I felt something. Everyone's head was down. This brother's hand was on my head. He just anointed me with oil and he was praying for the Lord God to heal me of whatever I had. 
And I felt something subtle, and I felt it was so subtle, it was almost as if from my head went something down to my toes and then went back up, as if some gentle wave. And I, it was so subtle, I said, no, I didn't feel anything, I said to myself. That's just my imagination. After this brother who'd laid his hands on me prayed, another brother prayed immediately afterward. The room was still silent. We were still praying. The next brother's prayer was what I was thinking. What did I heal, feel from my head to my feet? The next brother prays and he says, Lord, I pray you would heal our brother Ali from his head down to his feet. I said, wow, what are the chances and probabilities of that? Right? And so after the prayer was done, I told these saints about it and they rejoiced. And it would be months until we were able to afford a colonoscopy and I would get examined and we would find nothing. And I would actually be awake for the procedure. I don't recommend that. But I would be awake for it and I would be watching the screen as this snake went up through my innards looking at the insides of my intestines and the doctor and I would be looking at the screen like a monitor like that together and he would be just as shocked as I am. We wouldn't find a thing. Clean as a whistle. Nothing. Later on, I told the elders at the assembly, and and one elder put it very aptly, while I was not medically diagnosed with late-stage cancer, while I can't say I was diagnosed medically, we cannot rule out that God did a miracle. Amen? We cannot rule that out. And so here it is in the scriptures. Now, now that same elder, later on, elders were discussing and the other saints were gathered from the assembly and they asked for an update and I gave this report and this isn't something we see very often in the assemblies. And so one elder jokingly said to another, if we need to do that sometime, you're going to do that for one of the sheep because I'm not sure what to do here, right? And so, and we all had a laugh at that. The thing is, these things are in the scriptures and while you and I don't have the power to heal, the Lord God does. The Lord God is able to do whatever pleases him for his glory. And I stand here today, thankful of God, that though I cannot fully explain what he did, I believe I had something terrible inside of me. And the goodness of God has removed it by his own power. So I thank the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we ought not to be shy to declare the goodness of the Lord, to share what he has done in our lives. And that scripture in James talks about anointing with oil. Sure, there's a physical and first and foremost, a physical application of that. But we also know the greater anointing we have received. That is not physical. In this age of the church, we have been anointed with what? The Holy Spirit that lives in us and dwells inside of us. And so we're going to look at that. It's such an important ministry The Holy Spirit was given to the Lord Jesus without limit. And so if you will, we're going to turn to John chapter 14. The Holy Spirit was given to Jesus without limit. And he did his ministry. The Father from heaven with him. The Holy Spirit given to him without limit. And the Son of God walking the earth. And he did all his ministry. And on the night he would be betrayed, he would tell us about the helper to come. One of the things he would tell us is that it would be expedient for him to go away. This is in John 16. I'm going to skip ahead and before we open up for discussion. In John 16, the Lord Jesus would say in verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage 
that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. We'll pause there. And so the Lord Jesus, right there in John 16, is telling us in no uncertain terms, it is to your advantage and mine that he went away for the Holy Spirit to come for the helper to come and dwell in us. That is radical. This is the Son of God, of whom among men there is no one greater. He is the Son of God. He is the Christ. The only one greater than Him is the Father, who is greater than all. And He is telling us it is to our advantage that He goes away, that a Holy Spirit would come. We're going to open up the discussion with a question. Why? Don't be shy. There's many good reasons. As some of you are looking down at your Bibles, I'll give you some verses. We can be looking at John 14, verses 16, 17, 18, and John 14. So that's verses 16, 17, 18, and John 14. Holy Spirit comes again and mentioned by the mouth of Christ again in verses 26 and 20, yeah, 26. And then in John 15, again, verse 26, and the same verse number, but the next chapter. And in John 16, verses 5 all the way to 15. As some of you are looking down and maybe preparing on what you want to share, those are key verses you might want to look at and open for discussion. Please speak up. So the question is, why was it expedient to us that the Son of God would go for the Spirit of God to come. Why is it to our advantage? Why would Jesus, who is greater than all, the only one greater than him, the Father, tell us in verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So the question is, why is that to our advantage? God dictated it. Very, very good answer. As I said before, there's many good answers to this. And that's one of them. This was the Lord's desire. Our brother is very right. This is the Lord's desire. It was his design. It was his plan to do it this way. He wanted it. So what are some reasons that are beneficial? Our salvation is sealed by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Very good. Excellent answer. That is a paramount importance right i once heard a brother say you could you can ask yourself regarding doctrines and matters is this a matter of eternal importance that certainly is our salvation and it's sealed by the holy spirit that's right so i think Part of the thought, if I'm correct, that our brother's giving here is that the Holy Spirit at that point was in Christ. And we know he had it without limit. But if Christ would go, then the Holy Spirit could be available to all of us. Is that one of the a point that you're making there? Right. So it could the Holy Spirit could be present in a plural sense. That's tremendous benefit, isn't it? 
We don't have to hand off the Holy Spirit like a holy football. Right? I'm going to have, I need it today. You can have it tomorrow. And then this guy's been waiting in line for 10 years, so we have to let him have a chance. Right? We don't have to do that. We all can have the indwelling at the same time because the Lord Jesus is in heaven. Chapter 16, he will guide us into all truth. That is verse 26. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Did I read the wrong verse? Yeah, 16, 13. Okay. I read chapter 15. Yeah. Thank you, brother. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come... He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Next verse says, He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. And just a thought I want to throw out there. One of the goals that I should make clear here is one of my hopes is that as we take this up and study it, we come to a realization that while the word of God is complete, the Holy Spirit has a whole nother ministry here in speaking to us the things of Jesus and showing us the things of Christ and to guiding us into all truth and to giving us discernment. Uh, one of the traps that I fear sometimes we fall into is saying, I've got the word of God and I'm good. And that's enough. When in fact, according to Christ's teaching, it was expedient that he go away. He was the word of God incarnate in the flesh, Right? And he's saying, it's better that I leave that you have the Holy Spirit, that we could corporately experience this. Now, the Spirit never speaks of himself. We just read that. Speaks of Christ. But we need it. We need it desperately. And the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the Son of God, they're not at odds with one another. It's a good, another thought to keep in mind. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So one of the things the Holy Spirit did, especially in the early church, was to remind the saints of all the words we are reading that they could write it down accurately. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit did. So um, sometimes you're in conversation with an atheist. How could they remember all these things and write it down perfectly years later because of the Holy Spirit? Now, while we're not authoring any more scriptures, and there's no need for that, the Holy Spirit is still able to bring things to our remembrance. How many of you have experienced that personally in your life and, and are mindful of it? Sometimes you don't realize it. Raise your hand. Holy Spirit bringing things to your remembrance, right? right? Sometimes it's some area you need to grow. Other times it's some amazing thing God did for you that you didn't realize for years until later on when you look back. That's happened with me so many times. After I got saved, the Holy Spirit 
brought to my remembrance people who were sharing the gospel with me from years ago who I'd forgotten and had no desire to recall. Does that glorify God? Does that speak? Is that the Holy Spirit speaking of himself? Or is that the Holy Spirit speaking of the Father, the Son, and their goodness that leads sinners to repentance, their pursuit for the lost, right? Yeah, we can test these things. Second Corinthians 3.18, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I didn't know about that one. Thanks for sharing, brother. What, do you have any thoughts on that scripture? To come on Sunday, to come into the remembrance meeting, yeah. Yeah, amen, it is. And I think uh, part of that is the Holy Spirit's producing in us more Christ-likeness, as I'm hearing you say. That is part of the function that we read in John 16. What our brother shared reminds me of that. For whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me. He will glorify Jesus, for he he will take of what is mine, he will take of what is Jesus and declare it to you. And there's part of the help there in producing in us more Christ-likeness. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a lot of moments like that in my life, and I think there's a lot more to come. Uh, I think of one, I remember I pulled over to give these, I was single, I pulled over to give these two boys on the highway a ride. And I said, you guys need a ride? This was in Omaha. And we give each other rides pretty often out there. I know down here it's a little more dangerous environment sometimes in Omaha. But um, I pulled over to give these two guys a ride on the freeway. And, 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 I, and they cursed me for doing that. It's very unusual in Omaha to, to see something like that. And in that moment, my flesh struck back. And I, I turned around and I said, well, you're the one who doesn't even have a car. And I drove away. And in that moment, I... Now, I didn't hear a voice, but it was almost like the Lord was telling me, I would have done that differently. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? A little too much Ali there and not enough Christ, right? And so what began with a, a good motive to do a good thing and, um, you know, ended up being really a lack of Christ-likeness, and I learned that. Yeah, a lot of moments like that in my life where the Holy Spirit declares to us what's more Christ-like. Thank you for sharing that. convicts the world of sin so there's the holy spirit's ministry to the believer and we know in john 14 verse 17 the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive they can't get it so the world cannot receive it in in john 14 verse 17 but in john 16 our brothers reminding us convicts the world of sin So the world cannot receive it, but it convicts the world of sin, is what he does, the Holy Spirit. That's a very interesting dichotomy of occurrences. I heard a brother in the Lord um, share something, and he, he phrased it perfectly. He said, this is the 
pre-salvation ministry of the Holy Spirit. John 16, verse 8. When he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. That is a huge ministry. And that is a ministry that is given exclusively to the Holy Spirit. Now, we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? There's the faith part. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But before that, there's this conviction. There's this voice that must come and tell the sinner, you're a sinner. You need faith to be saved. You're condemned, you're a sinner, you don't know Jesus, and you're, you've got judgment coming to you. I'm not very good at doing that. Sometimes I think I am. <laughs> Never works out. Never once, right? Because I'm trying to, you know, in evangelism, you must let the Holy Spirit do his role. Do his role, right? Less, our brother was sharing to be more Christ-like, less of us, more of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit's role is to convict the world of sin. Now, this is interesting. The law was given for what? For knowledge of sin. Remember that? The law was given for knowledge of sin. The Holy Spirit gives the conviction of sin. It's one thing to know the law is wrong. It's another matter to break it. It's a whole other matter to say, man, you know what? I'm guilty. I'm guilty. There's ongoing jokes in the prisons. Everyone thinks they're innocent, right? They can't all be innocent, right? If you want to interview this guy, he says, I think I got a shot at going to heaven. Well, who doesn't have a shot at going to heaven? This is what it's like when the, when the Holy Spirit has not yet touched a person in that pre-salvation ministry. You go to prison, you interview this guy. Are you, do you think you're going to heaven? He thinks he's got a chance. Now, what about these things you've done? But I've done these other things. Well, who, if you're not going to hell and you don't have faith in Christ and you think you have a shot on going to heaven, who is going to the lake of fire? And he'll say, the guy in the cell next to me, right? And you go interview that guy and you say, you know, your, your other friend over there, he thinks you're going to the lake of fire. He thinks he has a shot at going to heaven. What about you? He says, no, no, I got a shot at going to heaven, right? And you can go on down the list and through the whole inmate penitentiary and even go to dog block and death row. And everyone is saying, no, there's just one, this one guy worse than me. This is the world's cyclic um, behavior going around in the same attitude, condemning another person. And this is what happens when the Holy Spirit has not yet touched the person, has not yet done this pre-salvation ministry. And I'm not going to say it hasn't done it at any point in their life. There's a whole other thing we can discuss in another week of resisting the Holy Spirit, which is in the scriptures also. So this is a ministry given exclusively to the Holy Spirit. While the law was given for knowledge of sin, the Holy Spirit was given for conviction of it and of righteousness for Christ goes to the Father and of judgment for the ruler of this world is judged already.
as we sang earlier, what was it? What were the words? All I care to know is Jesus. Amen. Okay. Any other thoughts before we close? Thank you, brother. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, Lord, what a what a mystery. Not only that your son, your only begotten, would come and suffer for men, mere men and women who were sinners, and to save us, and that he's exalted there, seated at the right hand of you, Lord, all rulers and powers being subject to him. And then, Lord, this grand love story and mystery, this marvelous story continues that the spirit that these chapters say has emanated and proceeded from you, the Holy Spirit, lives in us. Lord, we're, we're left baffled, without words. This treasure in these earthenware vessels of clay. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen.